Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> no, none taken. That is right, none taken. This is the Movie Moron Podcast, and I am the Movie Moron himself. Um, and with me, as always, is our practical co-host, Trevor Landry. Uh, buenos dias, amigos. Um, and then our all-time guest, Tristan. Hello. And then uh, we have uh, Brandon. Uh, not again. This is a different <laughs> Brandon than last week's episode. But we have Brandon um, coming in uh, as a guest this week to talk about the movie. So say hello, Brandon. Hi, everyone. Um, so before we get into the episode, which is Glass Onion, a Knives Out movie, um, doesn't make any sense, but that's what they went with. Uh, but before we get into the actual movie, we want, I'm so uh, glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, uh, always ask our, uh, new guests just to kind of give us a couple of their favorite movies and a couple least favorite of their movies so that everybody kind of knows, uh, what you like and what you dislike. So they, whether or not to take, uh, your opinions, uh, at all. So <laughs> to to take me seriously. Yep. Okay. Um so yeah, if you say your favorite movies are like um Bridesmaids and Rise of Skywalker and um I don't know what are some other awful movies. Uh Norbit, <laughs> then they know not to Well, Bridesmaids is going to be a tough one cuz I like Bridesmaids. I'm, but that's a personal <laughs> that's a personal one that that I just hate. But anyways, so yeah, uh you can just kind of name off a couple of your favorites and then least favorites. Um, it's totally up to you what you decide to pick. Um, some people even just do like genres because they're they can't decide. Keeping it keeping it thematically appropriate, being that we're talking about a whodunit today, <laughs> I'll pick two of my favorite whodunits, uh, which are the original Murder on the Orient Express by Sidney Lumet. I love okay. that movie, and Clue the movie. I was hoping you would say <laughs> that. Yes, Clue the movie is another Clue. favorite. Um, as far as least favorites. I have no idea. I don't know that I have a least favorite whodunit. I would say at the moment, the Death on the Nile, the Kenneth Branagh one. Yeah, it I was did pretty not, rough. I, it was pretty rough. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it, but um, it's very pretty looking. Yeah, I just didn't care for I it. I think we all said it was pretty mid. Yeah, yeah. to below mid, but yeah. could still watch it. <laughs> sure. Do you have an all-time favorite? An all-time favorite whodunit? Not, uh, not, no, just all-time in general. Oh God. Oh, that is a tough question. Or at least the top I, like two or three. Yeah, yeah, I'd say top two or three of all time are probably Taxi Driver. Okay. Um, yeah, I love Taxi Driver. Uh, Ikiru, the Kurosawa movie, one okay. of my favorites. And uh, The Exorcist. Oh. Is way, way up there for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is Ikiru the, uh, is that the one from like the 80s with the red bicycle? No. No, that's a... uh, uh, Ikiru is a much sadder movie than Akira. <laughs> it's a, a Kurosawa movie from the early 50s about a man that discovers he has cancer. But it's very, very good. Don't let that turn you off. It is absolutely oh, wait, no, wonderful. No, no. <laughs> I, I love animated yeah. films. So. It's not animated. Oh. No. Th- that it's... definitely sounded like an animated no, film. No, it's, uh, it's Akira Kurosawa. Okay. Um, but it is, uh, it's absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about Glass Onion, though. Yeah. Uh, any least favorite? I know you said Niall is your least favorite. Yeah, I was trying to think of, I was trying to think of who done it. Least favorite, I would say at the moment. Just a movie that you just like, I can't believe that people like this movie. It can be a hot take. Like, I know you said Thor Love and Thunder is your least favorite Marvel, but that's, that's, that's kind of, uh, that's yeah, just that's, Marvel spe- specific. I just mean not, like that's also not an unpopular opinion. I think. Yeah, just um, and it doesn't have to be unpopular. Just something you 
one of the okay, I, I'll I'll go Speak with a the heart, I'll go with a terrible terrible movie that I watched very recently um, because of spooky season. My okay. my fiance and I uh, watched Ghost Ship for the first time okay. from two thousand three. Does yeah. anybody know about you know you know about Ghost I Ship? I know about. I don't. I've it's, seen it, but I know about it. It is absolutely horrendous like they they thought that they were making like the shining on a boat for sure that was definitely like the boardroom pitch Mm -hmm. for it um but instead they misunderstood the the like mood and atmosphere in the shining for nothing happens you know what i mean so ghost ship is just like people walking around and seeing (laughs) ghosts and then occasionally a little girl ghost pops up and explains exactly what happened and how everyone got killed and all that good stuff you know how in the shining they explained everything in that one scene with the the ghost girls but uh so they just uh they just didn't have Stanley Kubrick to direct it, so it was terrible. Exactly. <laughs> That's the only thing keeping Ghost Ship from being. <laughs> um, okay, great. Are you a Stanley Kubrick fan? Huge Stanley okay. Kubrick fan. Sorry, apparently that's a hot take now. I, after Is talking really? to Lester for too long, uh, he oh hates Stanley God. Kubrick. Maybe you've just Stanley been talking Kubrick. to Lester for too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a filmmaker that thinks Stanley Kubrick is the most overrated director. So Yeah, I think okay. So I understand why people might might dislike Kubrick because if your if your understanding of Kubrick is just mood and atmosphere and then, you know, a hundred takes of the same thing over and over again, then I, I and I'm not saying that's Lester's take. I don't know Lester. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which by the way, I picked the exorcist earlier. That's another thing Bill Friedkin is is notorious for is he he occasionally slapped an actor. Yeah. But um Well his take is that it he only makes one half of a movie. Like he makes one good half and then the other half is bad. And some people just, like the first half and say that's the good part and then other people like the second half and say that's a good part i could see i don't agree but i definitely see that he does have a huge tonal shift in a lot of his movies halfway through with clockwood orange um with uh, full metal jackets full metal jackets a big one um and then uh i think the shining has it doesn't have as much of a first half second half but it's mainly those two and i mean i watched dr Strange love with the whatever thing, mm-hmm. and I don't think that had any kind of first half. That was also yeah. real early cube Kubrick. I think that was uh, two thousand one Space Odyssey has like four different just yeah s- switches. And I I don't know that I don't agree with that. I <laughs> but we don't I, have to get into that. <laughs> I I was gonna say two thousand one was one that I thought of that I don't think has that problem. Barry Lyndon is uh is another yeah, one. I never watched that. One. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I I love Kubrick. Okay, I do I do. Okay. Um, well, now we can get on to uh, Ryan Johnson, another director, um, uh, that, the master of sequels. That is, <laughs> yeah, um, who is also very highly um, controversial um, in his movie making. Some people love, some people hate. Um, so yeah, we're we're doing Glass Onion, a uh, Knives Out. It's just called a Knives Out movie. It's not even mystery. like mystery. It's mystery. mystery. Yeah, it's not even Knives Out like sequel or anything. So I think I know the, he's doing four. I think the reason is is There's because be Glass Onion is a Beatles song. So like when I went to go look it up, to like to do whatever, that's the what? first thing that comes up. It's is a bar. Glass Onion, the Beatles song, not the movie. So I think that's why the title is what it is. After seeing, I was a little more okay with the title after seeing the movie. But when I went in, I was like, this is. Great and also terrible. <laughs> I don't care. It's just weird. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's a weird choice. I think it's one because of the Beatles song, but I also think that they just for some reason didn't have faith that people would know it was 
uh, another Benoit Blanc movie, which is really what it should have been called. It should have been called like a Benoit Blanc mystery if they but were. But then people have, like, wouldn't have known that was the guy from it, Knives exactly. Out. Exactly. But people went to go see Knives Out, yeah. and nobody. It wasn't connected to anything. It was an original no, property. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think studios just have to. They market and make movies thinking that the population is stupid and uh, it's because they kind of are sometimes and so you have to you you have to market your movie for the dumb buyers Um, i always say if you're explaining something to someone you have to start from like like pretend like they don't know anything when you're explaining something well that's the same thing in comic books every you're supposed to write the new one as if that's somebody's first comic book ever yeah that's why there's so much exposition yeah um so yeah we'll just get into general thoughts obviously this is a mystery movie so it'll be kind of hard to talk about the movie too much without getting into spoilers um so if you didn't watch the movie don't worry we won't spoil uh who done it um <laughs> yet uh we'll just kind of talk about what we liked and disliked about the film as a whole and then we can get into spoilers later if you did go watch it uh, either in theaters now or i think netflix here in the next couple days um, and if you're still waiting for our menu episode, hopefully it's out now. So go listen to that. Uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving was rough. Um, so yeah, uh, general thoughts. Uh, we should just go down the line. So we'll start with Trevor here, then make our way down uh, and just jump in whenever you like. Uh, and yeah, we'll just get some general thoughts. Uh, I had a great time with this. I don't, uh, I don't necessarily care for the way it was edited together. Um, and we'll talk about that more in spoilers. I'd imagine. Um, Makes sense. This also, in case people were wondering, uh, the people that he's Zoom calling with towards the beginning of the movie, that's Angela Lansbury and Stephen Sondheim's last appearance on screen. Um, Angela Lansbury is the voice of the teapot from Beauty and the Beast. She was also the actress on Murder, She Wrote, and Stephen Sondheim was the musical guy. But yeah, so two of those were those guys and those people. So that was cool. But I... Daniel Craig, my inspiration to Daniel Craig was the, was James Bond, so I still have trouble getting over the Southern drawl. Um, but he, I mean, he's consistent with it, and so like, I'm fine with it, and he does a good job with it, I think. But I, I, he still talks, and I'm like, why are you talking like that? But <laughs> like I said, that's just personal, whatever. And that's because you went through the the movies recently, so. Well, even before that, I mean, I had seen, I had, like known of him because like that was when he first. That's that was still my introduction to him was James, was James Bond gotcha. when that came when Skyfall came out in like 2011 or whatever. But uh, yeah, so that's still kind of weird to me. It is strange. I do agree. Yeah, I'm not a James Bond stan like you, yeah. but <laughs> it it at first I'm like, well, he's well, also like British, I think, isn't he? Isn't Daniel Craig British? He is British. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so even then, like that drawl is just. It's hard to get. Once you're in it, you're in fun. it. But yeah, and he does a good job with it. He's consistent. Yeah, but. I think it gives like a goofy like thing to the movie. That's why I kind of feel weird about it because it because mm. it does feel weird. It's and a little. It, it almost it, well, it almost feels like it is fake, obviously, because he's acting. But it kind of feels fake. You're all right. Um, <laughs> it uh, it just feels Podcast newbie here. <laughs> yeah, it. I don't know. It does. It doesn't feel authentic most of the time. It's consistent. Yeah, but it still just feels off. It it's it's almost like Foghorn Leghorn kind of. I think it feels authentic to the world of these this pair that's, of movies. Yeah, I that's think fair. it feels it feels like tonally appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I the supporting cast also was great. I really enjoyed, especially uh, I had to look up her name. Um, 
Oh, whiskey? Janelle Monet. <gasps> I love her. I thought so she did really well. I love and her. Leslie, o- I always like seeing Leslie Odom Jr. and stuff. Uh, he was Leslie. I was looking at him the whole time, and I could not <laughs> figure out who he was, and I knew his face. Yeah. Wait, who? Whoa. Leslie, Leslie Odom King. Jr. He's a the oh, I know. guy from Hamilton that was the scientist. Mm-hmm. He was also uh, that guy in- I never watched Hamilton. So. One Night in Miami. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. He I was Sa- Sam Cooke? Yeah. Sam okay. Cooke. Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch musicals very often, so never, <laughs> never went to watch Hamilton. So, no, but I mean, overall, I had a really great, fun time with this. Like I said, there's some editing stuff in it that we can talk about later, but the whole thing is just kind of goofy, and they lean into it really hard, which yeah. I really appreciate. Which is a little bit different than the first. So, in my opinion, I yeah. thought the first was a little bit more rooted in some realism. Yeah, and I this is agree. this is very much of a more over the top. Yes. Uh, who done it? Yeah. comedy uh mystery yeah um whereas the first i mean it had some comedic parts yeah. but for the most part it was a pretty serious um family drama murder thing um which i thought was more i don't know to spoil some stuff i kind of like knives out a little bit more than than this one but it's a general gotcha. vibe really yeah cuz it's getting pretty decent uh, holy cow yeah this is getting yeah, really good reviews on Letterboxd. I think, Four point one. I think the first one. I think people still are just rating movies really high this year because these movies are not this <laughs> high. <laughs> I think, uh, just based off like reviews and stuff I read on Letterboxd, I think people still are adhering or yeah. liking the first one better. And I, I'll tell you, when, like I said, once I get the spoilers with the editing stuff, I'll tell you why I like the first one better. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Brandon. Right on. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that I, I haven't revisited Knives Out in long enough to, to say whether or not I liked one better than the other. Uh, I really liked the aesthetic changes. Uh, we mm-hmm. went from sort of like a cold, bundled up fall aesthetic in Knives Out to very tropical summer yeah. with a glass or with glass onion. And I didn't know that he's making two more, so my prediction would probably yeah. be winter and spring. That would be the, very the next couple, yeah. which I think would be fun. Um, or he'll I, make a. Uh, one of the other seasons and then just do the same one twice just to subvert some expectations. (laughs) Oh man, I'm sensing lots of Last Jedi uh, uh, residual feelings in the room. I might have unpopular opinions on that one too, but um, but I I think Ryan Johnson is um, uh, thriving in this sort of whodunit space in the same way that Daniel Craig seems to be. Yeah. Like I, I loved Daniel Craig in like Munich and I think he's a fantastic James Bond and all, all that great stuff, but he's never been able to just go full tilt silly before. <laughs> and, uh, I think that, uh, that Southern drawl is, is part of that for mm-hmm. me. I, I love, uh, the way that he has just completely committed to this sort of like, I don't, but it's so strange because, uh, well, no, we'll, we'll get into spoilers later, but, um, <laughs> but he, uh, he commits to this sort of deep Bayou Southern drawl in a way that's very funny, but you never, I, I personally didn't disbelieve him at any point. Like he, he seems to just be completely committed to this weird detective character <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I loved the, um, the, supporting cast in this movie i thought edward norton was uh was having a lot of fun um i thought janelle monet is is the performance of the movie i mm-hmm. thought she was just fantastic um i thought uh who am i oh what's his name what's his name 
Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Yeah, yeah, Dave Batista. I thought him as this sort of like uh, uh, internet age <laughs> alpha male the avatar was just fantastic. Uh, it's something I hadn't expected. It's very much a, like pandemic America movie, which I I was not expecting. Yeah, at and all. I wasn't either. It's also not throughout the entirety of the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which I think plays to its advantage. Yes, yeah. I was saying. So anybody that hasn't watched it, you're not going to get. COVID stuff yeah. for thrown down your throat for an hour no, and 40 no, no. minutes but yeah. it's it's there and mm-hmm. it's it's a bit kind of for a little bit yeah. and then and then it kind of moves on from solve it, it real quick. Mm-hmm. in a, in a <laughs> interesting fun way so yeah. it's it seems more about less about COVID itself and like the government's response and all that sort of stuff it's, it's not about it's right. not commentary in that way exactly it's, it's commentary on the way that people changed and dealt with being in lockdown for yeah. however long and uh, it's uh, it's also got a lot to say about celebrity and yeah. what happens when people that thrive on other people's attention aren't receiving it. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's great. I uh, I've got more thoughts, but I'm I'm excited to hear what you guys yeah. thought. Yeah, I so I I was thinking about this during the movie. I love when characters are like a hyperbole of a of a niche, like how. Like in like I love Clue so much because each person is like individually like solely this one character like they're going all out like um they're Mrs. real two dimensional yeah. yeah and like um like Mrs Peacock is like the dimwit you know like wife who you know shoves what her husband does in the corner and doesn't talk about it mm-hmm. you know um it's like everybody is so attached to this like niche character and i love that about clue and i think they did a really good job with that here too and i think that's why i love it so much like i don't want to say it like i don't want to say i love it i do i'll say it i love it (laughs) this movie yeah okay and i'm i don't love it as much as clue don't get me wrong but um like like with daniel craig and his accent and like everybody's just like so invested in this type of person that they're supposed to be. And we really, at least in this one, I feel like we get Daniel Craig gets to like really explore the Blanc character. Yeah. Like I think even more so than in the first one. And I think that's what this one's like biggest strength is, is that he gets to be goofy and call things dumb. And we get to like explore Mm -hmm. more about who he is. And, but yeah, see him in the bathtub. (laughs) Yeah. I related too hard to this scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. No, I thought it was really fun, and I like how the slow, slower uncovering of everything. Um, like you find, it, not everything is given to you at the beginning. Like you don't know uh, more than the other people, I guess, at the beginning of the movie. You're Wait, are you saying you didn't guess? You didn't know who did it from the start? Stop that! I don't mean that. <laughs> I mean like you didn't know more information than other people. That, you went along edi- with the characters. Editing, I want to talk about later. I uh, but no no no. <laughs> I guess, I'm, sorry. I'm saying I'm saying <laughs> I I agree with you to an extent, but I think that's something the first movie does better. And but I want to talk about it when we get See, there. See, I don't rem- I don't remember movies as well as you. I don't remember anything as well as you guys. Well, you can just have your opinion on this movie by itself. You don't well, have to go. piggyback it on, off it. of something and else. And this doesn't... Oh, and if anybody is listening to this, you don't have to see the first Absolutely one. Absolutely. You can watch the second no. one and it's fine. That's kind of why the A Knives Out mystery thing is so frustrating because it isn't... 
make no mistake, this is not a sequel to Knives Out right. in any way, shape, or form. It's just another Benoit Blanc story completely yeah. unrelated. It was basically yeah. just Ryan Johnson uh, deciding he wanted to do another mystery. Uh, Netflix saying, oh yeah, here's $300 million in movie. <laughs> They'll and live then, on a Greek island yeah. for two years. <laughs> and, uh, um, and then Ryan Johnson being like, well, I guess I can use my main detective. People loved him. And then that's basically the only connection is he just writ he just wrote another mystery with the which same I detective. Like. I like that. Mm -hmm. And I am excited that there's going to be more, which typically yeah. I'm not excited if a yeah, sequel is coming. I'm interested. But I am excited. I'm more interested in these sequels than I am the, uh, the, Death on the Nile, Murder on an oh, Orient. Yeah. Yeah, they those, are making yeah. they are making a third one. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah, but I'm well, more that's interested. Like his love child, like he's he's very yes. he likes that character. Yeah, yeah. I'm more invested in like these mystery movies than than. Yeah. Those. I just like how like fun and silly and like it it's 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 funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah well no and i agree yeah as opposed to every, most of like what we're getting nowadays which is like based around quips and and funny dialogue or like one-liners yeah. this is a lot of really funny like situational humor yeah and it doesn't there are i think maybe there's a gag or two maybe and if there is i feel like we only get a, a call back to it once or twice yeah and you and, have to like commit to the hyperbole of the situation yeah so i think because of all that the comedy stays fresh throughout it yeah um okay yeah. <laughs> um i would say i thoroughly enjoyed the movie um i do think that there's kind of a cap on how good mystery movies can be and so i think that kind of uh pulls it back for me but i still had a lot of fun still really enjoyed it i think Ryan Johnson fits really well in this area because he's a director that wants to do things that you're not expecting and do things that kind of, um, yeah, you, you are kind of accustomed to things happening in certain genre of movies and he likes doing something that's kind of, um, playing off of your, your, uh, pre like your, uh, yeah. Well, you've already thought about the genre, and he decides yeah. to kind of uh, switch it up. Pre predisposition. Yeah, yeah. and uh, thank you for finding the word for me. You're and uh, <laughs> he does a good job of uh, of playing in this in this world. Um, I do think that there's a, a it's a little bit heavy at some times, um, specifically at the beginning. Um, there's a lot of bits that I thought were a little uh, a little much, but then once we finally got to our island. Um, I think is when the movie started kind of lifting off. Um, I also enjoy that the movie itself uh, doesn't try to just make you explain it yourself. Um, like it does just tell you. Not that I dislike when a movie like makes you think for yourself and whatnot. But not, but a, it, but not a whodunit. You know, a whodunit. Yeah. It, it, it kind of like our it's kind of explaining everything as you're going along. And it's a lot of whodunit movies, especially the last one that I saw, which was death on the Nile. It, it holds information from you to get you to not, not know who done it. This movie does not do that. It kind of tells you most of the information within the first 45 minutes or an hour. And like, you can kind of make your own, you know, decision from that. And, and of course more stuff does get revealed, but it's, it's less of a, uh, uh, well, we just decided not to show you the most pivotal part in the entire story. And that's why who you thought done it isn't the one that did it. And it's actually this other guy. And I, I enjoy that. 
Um, I think it's a smarter writing tactic to be able to give you all the information from the start or as our characters are seeing it or whatever, instead of just holding that one information to be like, well, that's why you didn't get it right. Because I did guess, honestly, who did it within the first 25 minutes, but it didn't ruin any part of the movie. Was it for the reason that you thought it was? Um, uh, Not necessarily. I think, well, without, okay, I almost spoiled something there, so I can't say anything. <laughs> I'm sorry, yet. I don't want to get us off track. <laughs> no, no, there was just, uh, there was a uh, a moment that just kind of felt like that's, who it was but it didn't make any of the rest of the film mm-hmm. bad because then it was more explaining the how and why um and or more necessarily why it wasn't somebody else mm. um was was more entertaining and there are some twists in here 100 percent that you won't see uh or like you won't see coming that i think were really well done really uh hidden very well uh there's one big one that was i think hidden very well uh that i don't think anybody would have guessed but was a very cool part of the story um, that really switches everything up about halfway through the movie. Um, uh, lastly, I will say I very much enjoyed the uh, political commentary on how celebrities and rich people uh, and politicians treated COVID um, and all of that on how is a, uh, you know, I'm going to just do me and have my parties and uh, go off and, and do these private island things uh, while everybody else is dealing with the lockdowns and work and all this kind of stuff. And you got to put on a face of the mask and stuff and the governor's, you know, masking, not masking and whatever, you know, all of it. And and I also like that they didn't push anything of like, oh, this is a like it wasn't political as in like, oh, yeah, we're showing you the bad parts of the left side of the political aisle and they're not showing the bad sides of the right political aisle. It's just. You have a politician, you have a rich guy, you have a guy that's a Twitch streamer that's obviously alpha male guy, which was one of my favorite characters, if I'm being Mm -hmm. honest. And then you have the... uh, Birdie. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, I was going to say... We do have Birdie. But I was going to say... With her fishnet mask. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say Whiskey, who's like the anti-feminist female, um, even though she's not really, she's just putting up that front or whatnot, so... Anyways, I just I, I liked all of the it was political without being like overly. And it was a cool commentary on how like all those characters yeah. um, treated that situation and then how they treat the situation when we get to something that's a little bit more severe later on in the movie. And I think it just kind of like they kind of foreshadow how these people are going to act later on mm-hmm. within the first 10 minutes of how they reacted with COVID. And was very glad they did not keep it. And I think how they dealt with it at that moment was uh was good and i don't know if that was supposed to be a uh a bit or some like okay we just don't want to continue this we're just going to do something or if it was supposed to be some sort of uh joke making fun of these people or not but i think it's you know politics have come up a lot they seem to have come up from from each of us as we've been talking about the movie but it seems like the extent of the movie's real political stance is decency and uh, the simple fact that pe- everybody went to weird places yeah. when we were all locked down. That seems to be that seems to be about it. Um, but I did think that uh, one of the things that um, it's funny that Death on the Nile and Murder on the Orient Express have both come up because uh, one of the things that Ryan Johnson talked about when uh, he was talking about the writing process for both Knives Out and this movie is he said everybody thinks of whodunits as being sort of period pieces where people are in, you know, dusty mansions in the early 1920s and all that sort of stuff. He said, but that's not what Agatha Christie was writing. She was writing uh, sort of 
immediate present stories that were just in her present so all of those characters we think of as being sort of old archetypes but they're actually just people that existed at that time yeah and uh he said that he tried to do the same thing with knives out and with this movie just make them not necessarily a a direct obvious commentary on anything specific but just populate the movie with uh like tristan has said sort of hyperbolic versions of people that we see in the media and in real life every day yeah yeah and i really like how it plays into the selfishness of all of those characters really mm-hmm. well yeah so but yeah overall i did really enjoy my time and and thought it was uh a good um mystery movie and i think ryan johnson's kind of playing with what he likes here and is just doing movies he enjoys doing at the moment um which i haven't seen all of his film i did go back while you guys were talking a little bit and look at some of his movies and i haven't seen everything uh because he kind of did a looper or he did some stuff the golf ball from hell or whatever it's called (laughs) no i started with uh with looper and then last jedi knives out and then this one but he has some earlier stuff um yeah evil team and golf ball from hell um the brothers bloom and brick brick is very good i've been told to watch Brick. very very good yeah um but you know is that him yeah That's kind of a creepy smile. <laughs> Is that not what you thought he would look like? No. I think Ryan Johnson's a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, do you guys have anything else you want to say uh, on the spoiler-free general thoughts section, or you guys just want to get straight into the uh, the okay. meaty, meaty murders? Nitty-gritty. Okay, sweet. Um, so, yeah, just a couple rec- just give a recommendation if you think that people should go to the theaters to watch this when it comes out on Netflix to, to go ahead and watch it there, or if you think this is just like a straight-on, like, it's not worth the watch. Skip it. I think we, it's pretty obvious what we're all going to say, but yeah. we're going to make you say it just so the audience knows uh, what you guys recommend. So, yeah, I, I don't know if this is necessarily worth the theater experience, but def- I think you should definitely watch it when it comes out on streaming. I said, if you can go see it in the theater personally, I think that uh, I think show Netflix that we want to see. Yeah. We want to see their stuff in the theater when we can, um, but uh, especially these movies that cost three hundred million dollars. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, make some of that money back so you can do stuff like this. Yeah, later. And it's it's crazy. The uh, so like the the most popular movie theater in the country, the Times Square AMC. Mm-hmm. Uh, every screening of this movie for its week long run sold out in like less than a month wow. uh, ahead yeah. of the, the yeah. release. So wouldn't doubt it. People want to go to the theater, and I love it. But Finally. Um, I would say, yes, I would say definitely uh, definitely watch it. Uh, if you're not comfortable going to the theater, then that's that's fine. But Yeah. I think especially – I really enjoyed my theater experience. Um, and I enjoyed, too, the guy next to me. I don't know if you heard him, Easton. <laughs> no. He was, he was having a ball. He was, like, <laughs> loving being there. He was probably, like, I don't know, middle-aged, him and his wife or somebody. And all I saw just... was there was a couple up front on the very, very front that was all cuddled up, mm-hmm. having a good time. Okay, well, <laughs> I didn't see them. But anyway, the guy, he was like smacking his chair and like chuckling. And I don't, it, it was fun to see other people enjoy there it. There were too. a lot of old people in our theater. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So I guess a, old people really like the uh, murder mysteries. <laughs> I guess. There was a, so there was an old lady, a similar experience, old yeah. lady sitting behind us that was just having the time of her life. <laughs> uh, she, we like, we first heard her during the uh the magic Mike three trailer when like uh, like when that first popped up and she was like oh and then like at the very end she's like slapping her knees and laughing oh, but and then she did that through the whole movie and typically stuff like that if people are really loud in the theater bugs me it's annoying but yeah. uh but, but that didn't bother me and then uh 
uh, there was a there was an old guy sitting next to me that so they make it very very clear very early on this is taking place during the pandemic yeah right I mean they even oh, yeah. have a they yeah. even have a large title card this is May 2020 this is right. when this movie is taking place and about. 25 30 minutes into the movie uh i want to say that's probably about when they show up to the dock right uh, it's probably less than that it's but probably only like 20 minutes maybe yeah. maybe but either, yeah. either way they're, thereabouts um he saw them all wearing masks and then i hear him go oh this is during the pandemic and he said it <laughs> so loud you're like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i didn't it say like april 20th or something, something or like yeah. april 2020 said, yeah 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 like literally the first month or something second something, month something but if you like miss that, it yeah. i mean i guess yeah anyway um like for instance mom is really excited to see this movie and i think she's gonna enjoy it yeah. and i want her to see it and like i want her to have that theater experience for sure. it um rather than waiting so yeah i say if you can or want to go see it in the theater yeah yeah i think if you have already seen it in theaters you probably wanted to and you will and then the rest of you will probably wait till netflix which i think is totally fine Mm -hmm. this is a movie you can totally enjoy at your home home and i uh suggest getting a glass with your name on it and making your favorite drink while enjoying this movie (laughs) um but yeah if you this is this is a perfectly fine movie to see in theaters i enjoyed the time at the theater watching it um but i don't think it like gives the experience too much more um so you could you can wait if you want if you already have a netflix subscription and you've seen or want to see one of the other plethora of movies that are uh, at the theater right now that you should definitely go see. I could totally see you waiting and that's totally fine. Uh, But do recommend watching the movie in general. And if you have not seen knives out yet, uh, I suggest that one too. And so far the second one does have a higher rating than the original on letterbox. Maybe, maybe that'll kind of correct itself as it hits Netflix and, and not as many like fans Go see it. Maybe when just like the general population starts seeing it on Netflix. But right now it's it's point one ahead. It hurt my heart to see um, Chris Evans as bad guy. Oh, in the first one? Yeah. So I'm sorry if you haven't seen it. Go watch it. Yeah. I just told people to go watch the original and you're like, well, here's the bad guy. I'm sorry, but (laughs) you're talking about the gray man, right? But but how much good did it do do your heart to see him in that white cable knit sweater? Okay. How wonderful. (laughs) um okay well we're gonna take a short little break uh before we get into the spoilers so um so yeah uh we'll take a second here to hear our sponsors we'll be right back all right and we are back after that short little break uh you got the sick we're back over there um so yeah we're just gonna uh get into the spoilers of glass onion um so yeah we'll just uh jump right into it uh on all the spoilers, if you guys have stuff you want to talk about while well, we can uh, ruin everything. Well, I'll say the editing thing that I was going to say, and then I need to go. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you watched this movie one and a half times. And I think it he does a good job very narrowly avoiding the, tro- the trope that you were talking about earlier about withholding information from the audience. Um. Because when we do go back and we see that what's her head is is actually the other the person, twin sister, the sister, yeah. yeah. Um, when we do go back, finally, you still don't get any new information about anything really, except for that until you basically have caught back up to where she gets quote unquote shot. Well, and you learn some information of like uh, 
how like the information that she's getting and the information that they're like talking to each other the entire time, but it doesn't, none of it's pertinent enough to like help, help you deduce who it could be. Yeah. Um, it's just more just showing you again. It could be anyone. Yeah. And I, that I think I could have had, I think I would have liked this movie even better if it was chronological and they and they didn't try to keep that reveal from us that she's actually her sister and and we we would just got it all of those scenes in order there are a couple that I didn't quite give a pass like where he's looking behind the tree and then you hear the stick break and then you see that she's all she was also looking behind it like we don't need that yeah it didn't, it didn't add just, much yeah, yeah. exactly cuz he could have heard the thing too yeah and so but but I think he narrowly avoids it, and I so which is why I was okay with it because we didn't get the the, the new information we got was not weighty enough to like change the course of like events necessarily. I don't think. Um, so that's what I meant when I was talking about editing earlier. And it also felt like that was not at the very very end of the movie, but maybe it kind of was. What the. Going back and and reliving the whole entire story, not the whole story, but a decent chunk of it. Any time that Blanc is on the, from what I remember, any time that we see Blanc on the island, we revisit again. Any scene that he's in, any scene that she's in, we revisit. Yeah. So. See, I I really liked the structure a lot. I uh, I I think that it does a similar but different thing to Knives Out where uh, Knives Out is both a straightforward whodunit, and then it's also partially a sort of Hitchcockian woman covering her track story. Well, and that's why I, think, I like Knives Out better, is because yeah, yeah. it doesn't do any of that. It's all just presented to us as it comes. But I, I think that one of the things that makes both movies so so special to me is that Ryan Johnson will show you one thing and then he recontextualizes what that thing meant after the fact. Like, uh, for instance, uh, I think a great example of this, a tiny example, is on the boat to the island when Janelle Monet is gripping that mm-hmm. rail super yeah. tight, and we immediately interpret that, which one, I at, at first I, I thought that it was a, a weird detail because we already sensed the tension with her character, but it was just sort of... Uh, I thought to to tell the audience that she was, you know, in 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 a fury but containing it. Mm-hmm. But then we learn after the fact that it's just as simple as she doesn't like to be on boats. Uh, I'd, little things like that here and there, I thought were um, I thought were great. Um, well, and the she feels off. We heard that quite often, yeah. and that's because it wasn't, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things, so we're we're officially in spoiler territory. Yeah, yeah, you can that, say whatever okay. you want. So one of the things that I. Uh, uh, as soon as the twin sister thing was revealed, that was when I, uh, I kind of, uh, I was being obnoxious film guy at this point, and I, I leaned over to my fiance and I said, I said, that's why he was so shocked to see her when she showed up on the island. It wasn't because he wasn't expecting uh, her yeah. to show up; it was because he thought that she was dead. Um, but I, uh, I, I still think that even though I gathered that. I still think that the rest of the movie was equally as, as interesting and, and entertaining just because of the way that he, uh, for those structural reasons that I guess I was talking about, the way that he continuously kind of recontextualizes the things that we've seen. Um, Trevor, you want to text us a rating? I read it, so it's all good. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, I I thought that uh, structurally, it's kind of a, a hat on a hat. It's a little bit of a whodunit on top of another whodunit. Um, but I I don't think that I'd actually I'd actually agree with Trevor. I don't think that I found the structure as interesting as as knives out but i think it's just as playful um and i think that the information that ryan johnson chooses to withhold all serves the purpose of um revisiting those scenes through new lens in a in a way that just makes them richer and a little bit more more interesting but Well, I don't mind the structure mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, thinking about, I've I felt like the reveal of the the twin sister was um, <laughs> um, kind of midway through the movie, but now that I'm rethinking, it is kind of towards the end. Yeah, almost towards the end when everything kind of gets I revealed. It was in like the third quarter. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it kind of makes me rethink some of some of my thoughts of giving you all the information up front. Cause it does take a little bit before they reveal the big thing. Um, but I didn't mind the structure for the most part. I do think it repeats a little too much. Like it just okay. goes back and shows just a little too much that like we may have been able to piece together. Um, but all in all, I, I don't think it was that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, the big moment for me was uh, the gunshot. Um, mm-hmm. like that's when I knew that's when I thought it was the um the guy that brought them there. Uh, oh, just with gotcha. oh, just okay. with everything yeah, else yeah. that had led up throughout the the weekend. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, and not even necessarily what you said the the fact that he was so shocked um, sure. that didn't even really hit me. Well, I guess at that point I didn't know that that was um the sister yeah. yet because I thought yeah. she had actually died. Um. But just the way that all that whole scene kind of played out, I was kind of already assuming it may be um, him that killed. Because at, at this point, the only murderer is uh, the dude. Yeah. Um. And so I kind of felt like him the whole time. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, it felt weird because I think he was uh, he kind of gave you bait early on um, mm-hmm. with why would uh, the main guy. Like, it makes too much sense for him to uh-huh. kill uh, his ex-wife. Yeah. That's too on brand. Um, but I think they played that off well later on by just making Wait, him what? a... Ex-wife? Wait. They're not you married. You mean Janelle Monet's character? Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think they were married. They're partners. They were just straight up partners? I thought, they, I, I thought they were business partners. I took partner but... as partner. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I, 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 I guess we don't really. I know, guess it. Regardless, it doesn't. I thought it was partner yeah. and partner. Like they were together. Like they, they were partners. Been, they may have been together. Yeah, I, I think they were I legitimately together, so, like but... partners. And then uh, sh- he wouldn't sign off on this thing, and so they like broke up, par- both partner wise. But I guess maybe. I thought maybe. it was just. Yeah. I'm not sure. I thought that they were just. I mean, in today's yeah. age, this is just called a partner's a normal way to call your significant other. So sure. that's just yeah. what I sure. immediately attach to. And if you're in, a, if you're married to someone, and you know, there's a breakup, stuff gets split. And so, sure. So either way, whether yeah. it's business partner or a marital partner, yeah. things still get split either way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then if they're debating between the intellectual uh, property, property. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so maybe if they are just business partners, I guess that's a mishap on my end. And also uh, would make a little bit more sense on why uh, the court system was so easy for him to just get everything. Sure. Because if it's intellectual property rather than marital property, mm-hmm. there's still some sort of um, – she would still be able to get some sort of yeah, yeah. money stuff. But she didn't look yeah. poor afterwards. She just looked distraught that somebody stole her company. Sure. Well, yeah. And knowing that like what he was going to do with that company – Therefore, afterwards. So yeah, I uh, one of my favorite characters is is Braun. I think that he is <laughs> he is so interesting because, um, I him being this sort of this avatar for like the ego of a mediocre American man is just so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved that the, I loved the place that we started Blanc's monologue, which is the words that he had been making up the entire trip yeah. uh, that I thought, I thought that was great. But um, I think that um, my, my favorite element of, of his character is that uh, is kind of summarized in the, the the symbolism of the movie throughout it, which is the the motif of like glass. Of uh, it's this sort of complex shape, this beautiful thing that you uh, you can see. When in actuality, it's really quite simple. You can just kind of see right through it. Um, they said that line a little too many times. I think Blanc yeah, yeah. said that like four or five times. Yeah, <laughs> about the, like, okay, uh, about we the, get it. the onion thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But We're I just about uh, glass and seeing through it. Yeah, and peel it. yeah. I'm like, okay, this is like the third time you've said this. We get it. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Maybe it was a different from people every time i can't remember I, I can't remember either but i um i i thought that he was uh he was he was wonderful in that we have so many of those uh those characters in in the media now which is that people that are just sort of uh, uh obsessed with their own genius that ultimately reveal themselves to be not all that interesting but um yeah i thought that uh i thought that the the entire ending um uh, where ultimately it isn't Blanc that sort of uh, saves the day. It's not. It's not Blanc that. Uh, sure, he reveals all of the the pertinent information. Yeah. But um. But at the same time, that's not what takes him down. It's the uh the the turning of his friends. I thought was uh was really smart. And I that's what I really liked about the movie is showing the uh, uh how much rich people just cling on to their their wealth and and their power. Uh, if you want to talk about the uh, the politician, mm-hmm. but they're all willing to do things that are obviously wrong, sure. Um, yeah. Just to hold on to that, hold on to that that money, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't matter what uh, the consequences are. If it's a friend of yours going down as uh, you know, uh, I can't remember her name specifically, the one that got uh, Catherine Catherine Hunt, or no, who got killed? Yeah, it, like oh, suicide. Uh, Andy. Yeah, yeah, and Andy, Andy was the okay, yeah. Name, yeah. Um, you know, it's all fighting against Andy um, throughout the uh, in the legal course. And then uh, even when one of their friends gets murdered by uh, uh, Edward Norton, um, like they still like are more that like they all will still side with him because the money is through him. And even though they know that what's going to happen later on with this, you know, weird scientific mineral or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, they all know the ramifications of it. They're all still willing to side with it and go with it because it's uh, even if it's only for a limited amount of time, they mm-hmm. get to hold on to this wealth for just this much longer. Yeah, yeah. It'll hold on to the power for just this much lo- longer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I said I love the selfishness throughout the movie. That's why I said the spoiler free mm-hmm. part is I like how how it showcases the ugliness of, you know, 
wealth and selfishness and uh yeah it eventually kind of can do to you yeah not that they were innately selfish yeah 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 maybe it's just about how the the money and power can corrupt you and make you something that maybe yeah or like if that's your main goal yeah because it does show us early or not early on it shows us that earlier in their lives they all were just legitimately good friends yeah and they weren't i really liked that story and they weren't corrupt or evil people but after um after the money came Mm -hmm. and after the power came um it changed them so and i guess that's kind of the 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 whole idea with setting the film uh in the the pandemic which i think is really intentional i understand the movie was was written during the the pandemic and and that obviously um the the film is is set in the present but uh, even more so than that, I think that like the pandemic just kind of showed everyone how unstable the world is and how scary instability is yeah. and the way that people kind of cling on to security uh, when when yeah. they feel when they feel unsafe. But uh, and people will just say whatever they have to to mm-hmm. just stay alive, yeah. whether that's career wise or uh, legitimately physical, stay alive. Um, they'll they'll say and write off on things and do things. Um, now I guess this is just a movie, so you can't take anything too seriously. But um, you know, with the governor uh, willing to sign off on the thing because it mm-hmm. it benefits her, and and she could go down if she doesn't. Sure, and she'll go down if she does later on. But um, and then the scientist just uh, he won't like share his legit uh, research because he's being told not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good. Yeah. Um, it may be reactionary to what you know has happened in the last. Well, I don't want to say just two years. I feel like it's happened for ten years, twenty yeah, years. Yeah. People always just are you know are doing yeah. and saying what they're told to by other people to stay in the positions that they are. Sure. Because if you counter something, um, or if you go against what your bosses want you to do, mm-hmm. you may not be there anymore. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be in line with who you're working for. So, um, and I liked all of that. I thought it yeah. was really good pulling people's, um, you know, their strengths against them. You know, this guy's a scientist. You're pulling, you know, uh, his strength away from him where he can't be a scientist, can't do what he's supposed to do because mm-hmm. he's uh, behind the legality of everything. And yeah, really liked it. I will say that I didn't I didn't love how long it took for the friends to change their mind. I didn't think they ever were. And I don't even know how much how how well I feel that they finally do. Yeah. I just, I just think it would have been more genuine, maybe, if they had done it sooner. Because it's not until, like... There's no way out. Yeah. And that's and what I... And she's breaking all this stuff. And then, like, everybody's, like, gets all this adrenaline because she's breaking these expensive things. And they're like, oh, I want to do that. And then that's kind of what starts it. But then they're still not siding with her. Not until the very end. Yeah. yeah. They're still just, like, lashing out. But... uh Edward Norton's still like, well, I mean, you can do whatever you want here. You can lash out, but I know that you're all going to still side with me because mm-hmm. this is how you, yeah. you won't have your lives if you don't. Yeah. I mean, I do love when they're all like, I saw him burn the napkin. I saw him mm-hmm. leave. Like, I like that. Yeah. yeah. That little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can At we, the end. Can we also, some something that we haven't really touched on a little bit is, uh, or much at all. Can we talk about the costume design in this movie? Mm. The, yeah, it's really the, well done. The fits in this movie are unbelievable. That like blue and white striped thing <laughs> that 
that Blanc was wearing when he went his to the swimsuit was yeah absolutely yeah. fantastic. It was like it was like swim it, yeah it was like swimsuit pajamas. It yeah, like it was fantastic. Yeah. Europeans, he got in the pool yeah. with those and I was like, wait a second. Europeans yeah. have speedos and full on outfits. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, I like so much about the uh, the design in both of these movies is it seems like the bedrooms that they stay in, uh, the clothing that they wear, and the way that uh, Ryan Johnson shoots them are all extensions of their, their character. Yeah, I, yeah, I love absolutely that. love that. Like uh, uh, Kate Hudson's character, mm-hmm. uh, Birdie, when she goes to her bedroom, it's just this gaudy like ugly yeah. mess of a <laughs> yeah. mess of a, a well, tropical themed room and... wearing, that was brilliant <laughs> oh yeah that was brilliant yeah i want it <laughs> oh can i talk about uh one of my favorite shots in the entire film and this sure. is uh, I, I talked about ryan johnson's blocking a little bit ago and uh this is a great example of um uh, and it's actually kind of a little microcosm talking about the way that he uh chooses to reveal information is when birdie takes off that hat Mm-hmm. And Andy is is sitting behind them at, uh, by the pool. That's just I I actually like when it when it happened. It's a simple little thing, but when it happened in the theater, I just like leaned back and I just I was just <laughs> like, oh, that was that was a yeah. ah chef's kiss, gorgeous. But uh, yeah, I love 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 the way this movie looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I heard a lot of people saying this is Kate Hudson's best movie since Almost Famous. And Certainly, her best one in a long time that I've seen. Yeah, I, I I really liked her character. I still haven't seen Mona Lisa and the the Blood Moon, that one that that she did earlier this year. That's supposed to be very good, but yeah. it's uh, two movies with the Mona Lisa, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, it's uh, Anna Liliamapur who did like the Bad Batch, and <gasps> she uh, was in music. I guess so. That's a movie about um, a boy with autism. Or a girl, I don't remember. And it it's C as music. I want to see it so bad. Well, she's the main character in it. So. I love that. Um, I was gonna. Oh yeah, when um, Blanc is that his name? Mm. Okay, when he uh starts like revealing Blanc and Braun. Yeah, when he starts revealing Braun's uh, stupidity, I loved it. Because I don't always catch things in movies. Sure, sure. And Easton always guesses things. My mom always guesses things, and I'm just <laughs> there for the ride. That just means you're enjoying them more. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thinking really. But when Braun was saying those words that weren't words, it, I I took a second and I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that's real. And then um, when he was talking about like uh, it costs so much money to have this woman, you know, with the like coming up with the mystery. Uh-huh. It was so expensive, and I'm like, if you're ri- like, if you're so smart, why are you paying someone to do all this stuff? Sure, sure. And then he said it, and I'm like, good job, Tristan. <laughs> you got something. <laughs> That's all. I didn't catch that they weren't words, so. But but I'm. There are a lot of words that I don't know, so I just figured they were words I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the m- more wordsmith person out of the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's too much more uh, we've we've got to stay say here, um, but unless you guys have anything else, oh man, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's, I mean, there's obviously so a lot. That, yeah, there's so much <laughs> that I've been so much that I've been thinking about. Um, 
we we also have to so if we we talked about Stephen Sondheim and Angela Lansbury earlier we also have to talk about uh some of the other cameos in the movie that surprised me which uh <laughs> Hugh Grant for one as uh as Blanc's uh partner or yeah. or uh or, or butler or, or something and then um Ethan Hawke at the at the yeah. dock who who gives them the, the the shot of the the mineral uh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on on Zoom with Stephen Sondheim and Angela Lansbury and Natasha Leone of course um Serena Williams I'm getting Serena Williams I completely forgot about oh yeah yeah <laughs> so funny she was just listening into the whole entire conversation <laughs> yeah, i yeah. thought it was yeah. a yeah. weird bit but i guess I, I thought that may come up later but it did not no no i think uh or like maybe she overheard something else and she was yeah. gonna be like well i heard someone else say this but she just i thought sure. when the big guy bit. came in when he was on the phone when they were um revealing stuff you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah um i thought he was gonna i thought she was gonna stop him when he was off the phone and be like, "Do you want to do a workout?" and he was gonna do it with her. I thought that's what I was gonna. Oh, happen. and they were gonna have to hide in the. In the yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my my favorite things that that Ryan Johnson does in the movie, uh, the way that he kind of tricks your your eye, is uh, the the two versions of the uh, the glass with uh, Dave Bautista and, and Edward Norton, where he. Uh, uh, instead of him picking it up off the table, he hands it to him. Mm-hmm. But they shot two versions and, and intercut that, and uh, I, I thought that that was that was brilliant. Um, and also, in tr- it showed like it's brilliant on the and uh, tragic scenarios. Uh, like your your memory can be twisted yeah. very easily, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and it played off that very well mm-hmm. on how Norton uh, was it Bland. Is that his name? Braun. Oh, uh, Braun. Braun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Miles. Uh, and Braun. That's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, how Miles uh, like was the leader of that situation, so he was able to navigate it in such a way uh-huh. um, to fool everyone's memory, because that's how memory works. Yeah. It's a fluid thing. Your mind can easily be persuaded uh, on what it saw, uh-huh. and it's using that quite often throughout the movie, um, but that's its most like... Uh, and physical way of showing it. Yeah. Um, the other times are more like uh, like lying to yourself. Yeah. Kind of. That's thing. what I was but. gonna say. I was gonna say we know. Yeah. About this. Um. But yeah, you can you can like fabricate something and say it enough that you end up believing that it's true. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I also like. Uh, there was a scene where they all. They were all talking to. The sister, as it was, like, um, I think it was uh, Kate Hudson and um, the big, big guy. Um, what's the big guy? Dave Batista. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I uh, loved Duke. his outfits too. I Duke was I Duke so was good. my favorite character because of the just how much of uh, an exaggeration of that just sure. stupid YouTuber mm-hmm. that's like. You know, I, I don't want to say alt-right, but that's definitely what he was trying to play off of yeah, yeah. is this alt-right um, podcaster, Twitch streamer, whatever, that just <laughs> sure. alpha male dude, um, which is I, – I just thought it was done very well. But they're, they they run into um, uh, the sister, not knowing that it's a sister. Right. Um, and say, like, you know, we tried calling you. We mm-hmm. tried emailing back. We went to your house, all this stuff. And I like how – 
that scene was one of my favorites because of the way that she kept on, or really just her in general, kept on twisting what they were saying into what they actually meant on yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, were you there to stop me? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I liked that too. Yeah. Um, and then that's where we get the, the scene of like, she seems different or whatever. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought was, was well done. And she, she didn't drink and she was like chugging that kombucha. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Something that I, um, that I also really enjoyed, uh, in the lead up to, to that, um, that glass scene that we were talking about where, um, Dave Batista is not, uh, I thought the reveal that he wasn't poisoned. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it was dumber dumb, than that. Dumber than you think. Yeah. I thought that was wonderful. Um, the sort of, um, like heartbeat of the scene is that glass shield around the Mona Lisa, just mm-hmm. opening and closing, opening and closing. It's this bizarre, like, uh, I don't know, like, I, nails on a chalkboard isn't the right word, but it's just this tension builder yeah. that mm-hmm. just keeps going and mm-hmm. keeps going and going. I thought it was um, a little much, and I thought the payoff wasn't quite well enough. Yeah, see, I really dug it. The, mm. Just the the glass coming up and down, like, so often. Uh-huh. And then the, the only payoff being that he was dumb enough to have a failsafe. Yeah. Uh, and then that, that failsafe, I guess, is the reason why he fails in the end. Although, like, the Mona Lisa didn't have to burn for that to... Well, see, I, 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 t- I took that as... Uh, he doesn't know why he likes the Mona Lisa, is the is the, the most important thing. And I, I took that as just kind of burning down his, uh, his you know, the... the what? Whatever you call it, the, the mask, sort of. I kind of thought it was dumber than that. I think that... Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just the fact that like uh he like the the bit they kept on saying you want to be set like you want to be in the same uh-huh. like sentence. Wor- sentence as the Mona Lisa was sure. the person Sorry. that burned down the Mona Lisa. Yeah. And I think that I think it really was just I, that simple. I guess I just mean in like the the meta text of the movie of like yeah. what's uh like or the the subtext rather. But yeah. um but, but in my opinion it just didn't make sense that it had to happen. Because the whole build, this whole place blew up because of it this. It made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, I was worried so much. Oh, burning the Mona Lisa. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not real, so that's okay. yeah. I know. Yeah. I did have to tell me that, tell myself that, because I was like, in her position, I'm like, there is no reason for you to burn down the Mona Lisa. Sure. Like this is a piece yeah. of history that should last for the next twenty thousand years or whatever, and be you. a piece of history, and you burn it down just to just to add a cherry on top. So that kind of pissed you. me off a little bit, and I didn't think it was needed. <laughs> I, I, I think but, uh, that but then I was like, it's a movie. I need to not be sure. sure. Something. I, Mona Lisa did not actually get burned down in the making of this movie. I yeah. do hope that there is just um, uh, a painting in every other Benoit Blanc movie that serves as like the the watchful eye. Because there's the the big one of Christopher Plummer in Knives Out yeah. that we periodically cut to, where mm-hmm. it's clear that he's uh, he's watching everyone, and then the Mona Lisa, and then I just hope that there's two more big beautiful paintings in our, in our, in our spring and in our spring and winter movies. Yeah. Yeah. But I could honestly, I, uh, uh, I also don't have a whole lot else to say, but That's I, uh, I could watch like 10 more of these Benoit Blanc movies as long as Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig are willing. Both attached. And, yeah. yeah. As long yeah. as they're, as long as we've got that combination, then I'm, I'm satisfied to watch. They, they definitely play off each other's strengths. And yeah. um yeah, it's it's always in so far the two of them have been very enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. yeah. Uh I guess we go to ratings. Uh we do a five star rating, so you can do half mm-hmm. stars if you want. Um or you can do even more than that if you want to be crazy and do a 
three point eight seven three uh, <laughs> and make Trevor internally scream. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we'll just we usually just go down the list. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you give this out of five? Um, you can give I w- a little explanation if you like. I would give this a solid uh, four out of five. I think that it is a it is a great um, uh, great movie to watch in a packed theater or with a big group of people. Um, I haven't been in a packed theater in a very long time, uh, and seeing a, a theater crammed full of people for something other than uh, a Marvel or Star yeah. Wars film was a lot of fun. Um, everybody seemed game. Um, uh, it's, it's a great time. I would say four out of five. Yeah. I'm going to say 425. (laughs) Um, I think this is three and a half, which for me is still, uh, really enjoyable. Uh, really liked it. Um, I just, uh, the, the goofiness of it, I think was, was one thing that kind of took it down for me compared to its, uh, Mm. uh, serious counterpart. See, and I loved that. Yeah. I get it. It made it. It's like I said. It's, it's still enjoyable and yeah. still fun. Um, but I, with the murder mystery, I just that's, feels that's yeah. It just I feels like a more yeah. serious version. Um, or like the fact that it's kind of like in the middle, because like a movie like Clue is like mm-hmm. just comedy. This is all mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be kind of like playing like it's intertwining the two. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a serious like criminal like murder mystery thing and then we're also doing like a a comedy bit throughout the entirety of the film yeah i got you um with the hyperboles of the characters like Mm -hmm. none of the characters really feel like true versions of themselves compared to the original knives out where all these people feel like realistic people that are trying to navigate what is happening and also try to get themselves on top um which is a piece of this but Mm -hmm. uh is definitely a little bit more extreme um and so but uh Three and a half still means that I really enjoyed it. Um, and I had the original Knives Out at four. So I feel like I can't quite put them at the same level. Um, because I like the original uh, a little bit more. But okay. So I guess that's it. Trevor, Trevor. Yeah. Trevor put this at a four. So he's right he's where you are, Brandon. Uh, but he also doesn't do half stars. So yeah. Uh, I, it could technically be a four and a half or a three sure, and a half. Sure. But he just won't do it. So it's a four for him. <laughs> um uh, he just had to leave to go to a gig or something. So, right yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it for today's episode. Next week, I uh, can't remember exactly what we got, but I will tell you here in two seconds. Well, thank you guys uh, for having me on. Of I course, it. this Thanks was a lot of fun. Coming. Yeah. Um, we have got. Uh, oh no, this better not be Violent Night. It might be. <laughs> I think it is. I, I th- want to see it. I think it's Violent Night. So I guess we're going to be doing Violent Night. Right on. Uh, not excited for it. Not um, excited for it. No. No. I think it looks pretty bad. I think it looks so silly. And I, 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 I love, looks, I love yeah. that about it. I think yeah. it looks silly, but I think it looks bad silly. I think, isn't it uh, Isn't it the guy that made Dead Snow and uh, uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters? Mm. Isn't it that guy? I have no idea. Because if it's that guy, then. I don't think I've seen any, either of those movies, so. So well, if you've not, not sure. if you've not seen Dead Snow, then it is well worth your time. It is yes, it is him. <laughs> Dead Snow is a oh, Danish was... Danish uh, Nazi zombie movie. So he's made oh. some. It is he's made some weird movies because I have seen uh, What Happened to Monday, and that was um, 
Okay. You this rated that so fast. That's I've already seen it, so I just had to throw it in there so it's in my oh. movies. I have not seen his other movie, The Trip, which is also on What Happened to Monday is on Netflix and yeah. so is The Trip. I've not seen it yet, but it it looks like a lot of fun. It's uh, a married couple that go away on a, a this uh this trip out to a cabin and they both have the plan of killing each other. <laughs> and uh and then of course, you know, other people uh like home invade the cabin and it Who's turns that into guy? A, it oh, looks man. like um it looks like the co- comedian i can't think of his name of bill burr, bill burr mm-hmm. but it's not <laughs> it's not it's it's a it's a, a swedish actor i can't think of his name but uh, from this far away in my Askel henny Askel henny yeah i i saw him in that movie headhunters uh that's up in his top four mm-hmm. and ever since then i have said that he should play a bond villain he, <laughs> okay he looks like a wonderful bond villain from this far away, in my bad eyes, he looks like a mixture of Bill Burr and Jason Satham. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, that's a yes. Because from that picture, I kind of thought that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be doing Violent Night next week. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, we might see uh, Bones and All and Yay. a couple of the other movies. It might give you a, a little go watch the movie or not. Um, Recommendation. Yeah. But I think for the movie for the week, it'll probably be Violent Night because people seem to be excited for it. Yeah. Right I mean, it's got enough trailers. I mean, yeah. I see it everywhere. Seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so they're trying to push it. Um, I think they spent yeah. a little bit too much money on it. So they're trying to make sure people go see it. Um, yep, they got to pay David Harbour and Johnny yes. Legs. They're mm-hmm. they're marketing it as the uh, the next like Die Hard. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> sure. Die Hard with Santa. Yes. And I'm like, uh, I'd it's like Die Hard's already a Christmas movie. You can't just like <laughs> try to be the Christmas movie version of a Christmas movie. So, okay, uh, that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and have a good one.